Late video so I could get E3 in, and on a related note, the Strada Bianca How the Race Was Won is now live once again on YouTube. The classic season is in full swing, and for once you might actually be able to say things are looking up. <laughs> Yes, you could be all glum that Cancellara is out of the classics, but at the same time, his exit opens the door for new riders, and also reduces the tactical miasma of 200 other people waiting to see what he's going to do for the next three weeks. Plus, I don't feel like, even with Cancellara's absence, that the racing in today's E3 suffered, though I did also call the winner in the most recent Recon Ride podcast, which you should still listen to because it also covers this weekend's Ghent Wevelgem. But the classics thrill goes beyond the World Tour events as well. In what other sport do you get what are effectively minor leaguers even competing against the world champion, let alone beating him 1-2. You gotta love races like Dwarsdorf Vlanderen. Of course, I don't know anyone who does video tactical analysis, certainly not of Dwarf's winner Topsport Vlanderen's Yellow Wallace 2014 Perry Tour performance, so it only makes sense that Cycling News would have a totally commentary-free highlight. The women's Dwarves was a bit less eventful, with Liv Plantour's Classics ace Amy Peters slipping clear with teammate Florchimakai 25k out before winning the two-up sprint, but at least the giant crash in the field behind them made the highlights. The women did get a shot at Cholet Pays de Loire, a circuit race where Wiggle Honda put on a serious effort of attrition, winnowing the field down to a three-rider sprint where Udre Cordon rewarded the team for their effort. The men's Cholet Pays de Loire was won by Perec Fedrigo of Bretagne, Seche, and Veromont, apparently by soloing out of a small group and breaking the hearts of sports riders everywhere by robbing them of the chance to say he won by a nose. Because his nose is, is very prominent, you see. Far from these classics in one days, the Volta Catalunya is underway, and it's been... Different. A small group escaped to take a two-minute GC lead on the first day, and then in stage two, Movistar's Alejandro Valverde won the most awkward, most looks-back group sprint ever over teammate JJ Rojas. TJ Van Garderen lost 16 minutes crashing over a guardrail on stage three, then came back to win the queen stage on day four, while Chris Froome lost 27 minutes and finished with the autobus. Lotto Sudal's Bart de Klerk collapsed least spectacularly of all the first-day escapees to inherit the overall lead, but then lost two minutes today, meaning Sky's Richie Port is now leading with the next eight riders within a minute, with two hilly but not uphill finishing stages remaining. Whew. Maybe if Ghent Wevelgem sucks, I'll do a video on Catalonia. Or maybe I'll do neither. I'm just not feeling a whole lot of motivation trying to do something new for the past five or so years, in a sport and surrounding ecosystem that absolutely hates change. It's tempting to blame the UCI, who definitely set the tone, but it's not like everyone else really needed more encouragement. I mean, the UCI didn't tell French squads to basically give up on innovation post-Vestina, but it's only been in the past few years they've moved to groundbreaking new procedures, like using power meters. And then there's electronic shifting, which totally didn't work in the 1990s. What's that? You need some new way to sell parts? I know! How about electronic shifting? Yeah, but does it actually work this time? <laughs> Why don't you go ask BMC's Marcus Burghardt? Then there's the persistent mythologies, like melted cheese has twice the calories of not melted cheese, plus broadcast rights, no one speaking on record ever, Davide Rebellin, the list goes on. The agonizing irony is that at least publicly everyone agrees cycling needs to change. But this motorized doping thing that UCI President Brian Cookson is going off on, ah, man, it just kind of reminds me of his predecessor harping on race radios when the biggest cheat the sport had ever seen was making his return to the peloton. And sure, Cirque had heard rumors and reported that riders were concerned about electronic motors, but let's focus on the far more substantive testimony of, say, 
sexual abuse. It's termed alleged in the report itself, probably for legal reasons, but certainly Suze Clementson, better known to the internet as Festina Girl, had no trouble rattling off a long line of abused female athletes in this Guardian piece. This is against what, exactly, in terms of evidence for motorized doping? A blurry pirated Davide Cassani video and Ryder Hesedal inspiring a dozen Physics 101 problem sets? I realize that Hidden Motors is a sexy headline and sexual assault just makes everyone feel really squicked out, but that's because it's a really bad thing. Unlike doping, it's a crime in pretty much every country where cycling is contested. And not that this is an issue that concerns exclusively women, but Brian Cookson could use the help addressing their concerns. Yeah, he got somewhat quote mined by Catherine Bertine, but after his outrage at the naked kits that weren't and were actually designed by a woman, a serious approach to combating the exploitation of female riders would be awesome. I mean, how hard can it be to find sexual abuse more beneath contempt than a hidden motor? I'm Cosmo Catalano, and that was The Week in Bike. <laughs> Thank you.